Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's always a pleasure to have you on the service where we just look into the Word of God. I'm Tim Gostube and I'm a Christian. I love the Lord God Almighty. I took a personal decision to accept the Lord Jesus Christ to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Today we are looking into the title, Who is God? We are looking into the attributes of God, what God has done on earth, what he has done for humanity, what he will do, and who he is to us as human beings. It's a wonderful service and I believe God is going to minister to you through his word and your life will change and the way you view or understand God will completely be different. Actually, it will be deeper. My brother Musigai Setube will be sharing today and I believe you will be blessed. Let's meet at the end of the program. Who exactly is this God that we are talking about? Just briefly we'll go through that. I know you know about him. I know you probably even can tell me even better than what I'm going to share today. But who exactly is this God? Just a reminder. So our base scripture, our anchor scripture will be found in the book of Exodus chapter 3 from verses 1 down through verse 16. Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 down through verse 16. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why does the bush not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God of Isaac. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hephites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. 16. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, 
Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, the Lord, sorry, moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob appeared to me saying, I've surely visited you and seen what is done to you. Amen. We have already prayed for this scripture and it's blessed already. We find a number of interesting things when God is speaking with uh, Moses. There are a number of confusing stuff that actually is coming out in their discussion. I think if I were Moses myself, I would have been so confused, thoroughly confused. Hence, I understand why he had to ask. Really, when they ask, you are saying I should go to the king of Egypt and ask for the children of Israel. When I'm asked, who exactly is this person? I have seen there's a burning bush and it's not consumed. I've been told to remove my, my, my sandals because this place is holy. How can a mountain be holy? And I've been told to go and speak on behalf of a nation. Who is this person? This is exactly the question that we have to go through today. Who exactly is this person? Now, intriguing, intriguing the most, when he gives an answer, he gives a mysterious answer. When you get there, tell them, I am, who I am is my name. What exactly is that? And he further goes down and says, go and tell them, when these people of Israel, the children of Abraham, ask, tell them that I am has sent me to deliver you. I am who I am. So, this actually brings up a number of questions about this particular person. And when you read through the scripture, you find this mysterious God. Even up to the end of the chapters of the Bible, you will still fail to explain him. Because he's a mysterious God. And he does things the way we will never ever phantom. He has a model of life that we will never even understand. This is the God. Sometimes the children of Israel would uh, find him very angry with them, wanting to destroy them and create a nation out of one man. This is the God that we are talking about. And um, so to him, when he says, I am, he basically left for uh, the people to actually explore and discover him. He's self-sufficient, self-existent, his, his, his presence is immediate anytime. Actually, this God... As we speak, he's here. And I know he's in the UK. He's everywhere. This is the God. And he's providing for each and every individual to the point of their need. As we speak, individually, simultaneously, who is this God? So, and he stands anywhere, anytime, no matter what. This is the God. So as Moses is going now to, to deliver the children of Israel, he has to fully understand and is given this mysterious answer. 
in the, and actually in the book of Revelations, chapter 1, verse 8, he is described as the Alpha and Omega. Actually, he describes himself as the Alpha and Omega, the very same one who has said, I am who I am. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So everything is just within him. Everything is with him. Everything is in him. Paul says at some stage, in him we walk. In him we live. In him we have our being. This is the same God that is mysterious to this gentleman called Moses. So we see him everywhere. In the Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, we see him as the creator. He is the founder of the universe. The creator of anything and everything that we have. Everything that we have produced, we've produced from his production. We see also he is the provider. The same God, he provides. He provides the children of Israel with a solution when they are meeting the first hurdle after leaving the, 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 the nation of Egypt. They have to cross the Red Sea. He provides a solution mysteriously. And then he provides water across. He provides food later. He provides for them in mysterious uh, situations. He provides. This is the God we are serving today. We find him also in the book of uh, Psalms chapter 18. He's the protector. If you follow the life of King David, he, he mentions it over and over and over and over in his uh, texts, in his writings. What he has seen God do as the protector. He has taken him through wars. Even before that, he actually helps him to fight a lion in the wilderness there, before he was even ordained or anointed as the king. He is the protector, the same God that we are worshipping. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, he comes as a healer. You are sick, he heals you. Jeremiah actually says, heal me and then I shall be healed. He has understood that this God has the power to heal me. We have many testimonies in the Bible. We have seen him even today. Mama has always, I mean, has already shared that she, has, she was sick, she was healed. Last week she shared about cancer and she was healed. These are incurable illnesses, but God healed it. This is the God that Moses is assigned to go and portray. He comes out to Moses as the warrior again. In the book of Exodus chapter 15 verse 3, he's the warrior. He wins war. Very diverse wars. Sometimes he wins, him with, with, wins the wars with very few members of the army. Sometimes they just had one day, actually, when the children of Israel had to surround Jericho. They never, they never worked any weapon. Their weapon was praising God. And they praised God seven days. After the seven, on the seventh day, they did it seven times. God conquered Jericho. When you read in the book of history, uh, and the archaeologists, archaeologists have said actually, that when you dig around where Jericho was, you'll still find the walls that sank during the time when these children of Israel was, were, were surrounding Jericho, the warrior. And this is the God that we are worshipping today. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 16, or the book of Job, chapter 19, verse 25, finds him as the Redeemer. We've just seen 
No other name is greater than the name of Jesus Christ, who is the Father and who is the God in himself. He's the Redeemer. God came through Jesus Christ to redeem our lives. The Redeemer. If you start to dig deep into each one of these characteristics, or I would say let's, these attributes, you will, you will see in the nature of God, there's something fundamental. He never fails. There's nothing complicated for him. There's nothing too deep, nothing too high, nothing too broad, too hard for him. He's just God. So as it demonstrates to the people of, 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 of uh, to the Israelites, he's demonstrating his power in the different diversity and in each and every situation. This is how you should look at yourself as a child of God. Actually, when I read through the Bible, I once, once was questioning why did God give us the children of Israel to be the, pre, the paramount nation to follow throughout the Bible. They actually resemble a life of a Christian. And they resemble what God can do. When he rescued them from, Israel, from Egypt, this is salvation. You are redeemed. In very, very, very situations, I mean bad situations, that you can't take yourself out. This is what salvation is. So the demonstration of the children of Israel, are you alive? And then he takes them through the seas, the, everything that I've mentioned to you. It's actually what God can do to your life. There are many other things that he can do. So if you look at that, you, you have to understand. But before you understand, God requires you to know him. How do you know such a mysterious human being or creature? How do you know such a complicated entity? It really requires you to deal with your life. The better, the sooner you deal with your life, the better for you. Understand that you are what? In him. The Bible in the book of John chapter 17 verse 3. It says to have, it, need, it requires us to have true peace and eternal life. How do I bring this now? True peace and eternal life. In other words, you connect yourself to the purpose why God has brought you on earth. Once you connect that, you will be understanding that you are here not because of your own reasons, not because of your own doing. Actually, if you consider why you are in a Swatin, why in a Swatin you are in Babani, why in a Babani you are born to your family, that should tell you that somebody has control over your life. So the sooner you understand that, it should trigger something about why you exist and where you exist. How you connect to this supernatural being and how you facilitate his objective or purpose for you. You don't exist just to eat and marry. You exist to fulfill a purpose. So this verse says, John chapter 3, verse, I mean 17 verse 3, it says, it actually underscores that knowing God is imperative for salvation. So in other words, for you to be saved, that's why the book of uh, uh, Proverbs 
calls it a, a wisdom. Because once you are saved, then you've connected to the absolute purpose and objective of God for your life. And then once you do that, it, it actually puts you on the track where God can guide you properly to fulfill his purpose. So now your duty is to understand God and know him and have peace within him. Once you've done that, you've fulfilled your purpose. Then that is when you are able to deal with everything that comes to your life because you know that somebody is in control of your life. Where you lose power, you know where to, where to go to. Where you fail to, meet, to, to, to get solutions, you know who to tell. Where you are angered or you are, you, are, you, are, you are attacked, you know how to run because you've connected to the right purpose. So, Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, it says we should be able to please God. That is our ultimate purpose in this life. So knowing him, you have a responsibility to please him. You have a responsibility to what? You can please him with your life, how you conduct your life, and how you relate with him. If I was teaching, I was going to be going into each one of these. How you relate with him must please him. How you talk to people, general discussion, you must please him. Because you belong to him. Your thoughts must please him. Because you are accountable for the thoughts. Hmm? It's a duty that you have as a child of God. Understanding him, knowing him, peace. When he says you, have, you must have peace in the book of John, chapter 17, this, Paul says sometimes, one day, the peace that surpasses all understanding shall guide you. Peace with God is critical for you. Proverbs chapter 9 calls us to understand, verse 10, understanding him, understanding him. You can't understand him, but understand him. So to understand God as humans, I think what we need to know is we have to understand that we should have a way of connecting to him. He has actually prescribed it in his word. Understanding him, you understand somebody better when you are close to them. You understand when you are close to them. First of all, the Bible says we were made to worship him. So in other words, worship is embedded in us. That is actually why even those that do not accept Christ as Lord and Savior, they would look for something that they will worship. They will find hopes, anchors, pillars that they will follow and respect so that they worship something. In other words, we are built to worship. So when you have connected to this peace, you have actually connected to the right person and your duty is to praise him, worship him. You find this in the book of Isaiah chapter 43, in Hebrews chapter 13 as well, verse 15. You also need to live for nothing else but God. That is what understanding God is. 
Nothing else should be more important than him. Nothing else should have a meaning other than God. In other words, you'll take him at his word. What he has said, that must be done. And how he has said should be done, that must be done the way he should say. He said it should be done. When, when you are going through teaching, I'm a teacher. When you are going through teaching, these are the things that you bring up as a, to a child of God to understand what exactly, when it says I should do what he has said, how do I know he has said it? How far should I go? There is a, 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 a prophet, a prophet in the Bible, in the book of Samuel, I think it's 2nd Samuel, where he talks about the king, Saul, Saul, where he was instructed to go and fight the Ammonites. And he came back with the plunder. Yet the instruction was destroy everything. And the prophet says something very fundamental. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When you understand, you will understand what that means. Some people will rush to offer. But obedience is the first start. Am I obedient to what he has said? So you live for nothing else but him. If you don't do that, then worshipping other things will be what will take over your life. You'll find other things very important and that will actually bring you at lockerheads with God. In the book of Exodus, he said he's a jealous God. He doesn't want to share his glory with any other God. The way he's so serious about it, he can kill. So, if you compare him with any other thing in your life, you should know that you have triggered life. I mean, a fight with him. Also, worshipping other things lead to self-image problems. Self-image problems. You'll find that uh, nothing satisfies you. When you think you've obtained the right thing, it's worth nothing. Yet, when you have recognized God, when you have nothing, it's worth a lot. Hallelujah. So basically, it is so important for you to understand that you are made to worship him and everything that you do, you have to worship him to understand him and to fulfill his purpose. The more you are closer and you are worshiping him, the more he reveals himself to you. That's what you see in the life of the children of Israel. And the minute they reject him to go for other gods, that's the way. That's that's when enemies will fight them and overcome them. That's why. That's where they would even capture them and take them to their other, to, to to their countries. What do you do when you understand this? You will understand what your actions will actually lead to in your life. The walk with God is not an easy God walk. It is a very serious commitment that needs you to understand and know God. So basically what you need to do now, you have to trust that this God that is being presented to me is the only God that can do it for me. You trust him with all your heart. The book of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in him with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, you have to acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's a loaded verse. 
in all your works. You acknowledge him and in all your works, he will direct your path. We've talked about obedience. When it directs, there are times when you'll want to take a direction and you'll say no. There are times when you'll want to rest. He will say stand up and walk. There are times when we say wake up and pray and you're tired. There are times when you will be praying and you say pray about this. This is the God. Believe that he is God who never fails. And sometimes, sometimes you'll find yourself in situations that are beyond your power, your understanding, your ability. If you understood who this God is, you would understand that when telling him, he will fight for me. We said he's the warrior. And he has a history of victory. So when you are facing a situation, you call him. You call this God, and this God will respond. Hallelujah. In the book of Proverbs, I mean of uh, Psalms chapter 46, verse 10, he says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. That alone is powerful. When it says be still, it means there may be noises, there may be storms, there may be turmoil, there may be all sorts of challenges where you are standing. But he says, just be still and know that I am God. Whatever is pulling your life out of where you should be, be still and know that I am God. So the wisdom says, I must understand who this God is. I know how to call him. Actually, somewhere it says rejoice when you're in trials and when you're facing trials and tribulations. That's another mysterious instruction. James chapter 2, verse 3. I mean, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It says, count it all joy when you face trials and tribulations. How? Why? Because the God says, I am above everything. Actually, sometimes when you go through these situations, it's because I'm building a better person out of you. That is where the understanding is important. So being still and know will help you to wait for the lecture or for the test to graduate you to another level. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says, thank God always. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Thank God always. Whatever you are facing, thank God always. Be it bad, thank God always. Be it good, thank God always. Be it strenuous, thank God always. Be it painful, thank God always. You learn as a child of God. First you have to know who this God is. Then you will know how to deal with him. This is a, a message that I want you to take this week with. Have you understood this God? What have you gone through in your life? Have you responded the way he is expecting you to? If you have not, you can take your time and confess. And refix or fix your life. Because the walk is still longer than what you know. The journey doesn't end here. 
but walk with somebody you know. Walk with somebody you understand. Amen. May God bless you. Well, that's all we had for you today. And I believe the word of God has ministered to you and you have been refreshed and your soul has actually, or your spirit has actually been revived. Been revived. We thank God for his word. And now we understand the attributes of God, the great things he has done for us as human beings and what he has arranged for us, what he, he has for us. God loves us and has done and provided all these goodies for us so we can live as he wants us to. But you might have not made the personal decision to make him Lord and Savior or to accept this love that he has made for you or he has provided to you. I want you to pray with me if you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and make him Savior in your life. Say these words after me. Lord Jesus, I come before you. I believe that you are the Son of God. You came on earth in the flesh and you died and rose again on the third day. I confess that you are Lord. Please forgive me from every sin and make me one of your own children. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer through faith, in faith, believing that God has done it, you are now a Christian. You have been saved. Please make sure you read the Bible and you pray. And also you attend a church service or a service where they preach the gospel, where they preach Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And your life will be changed. God willing, let's meet next time and I believe God will keep you going in this faith until we reach maturity in Christ and goodbye.